heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and Game Master. This week we are concluding our series on The Watch. Before we get to it, I want to take another moment to give a huge thanks to our guest editor for this series, MJ. Not only did MJ edit this series, but they also composed original music for this series. Thank you so much. While I'm thanking folks, I also want to thank our special guests, the Broadswords, for joining us on this. Before we get to the episode, I want to make a few announcements, and the first up is exciting because I'm going to visit London. Mel and I are taking a honeymoon in Europe, and we're going to stop over in London for a little bit. Mel has graciously allowed us to take some of our time to do a meetup in London. We're going to the Waterloo location of the Drots Gaming Bar May 21st, and we'll be there from 6pm till midnight. And it's not just going to be me there, it's going to be a bunch of my cool gaming friends. I'll, of course, be accompanied by my lovely spouse, but superstar designer Grant Howitt, the incredibly talented artist Will Kirkby, the folks behind Up to Four Players, Aviv and Aram, and the people behind my favorite horror podcast and pretty much favorite horror anything, the Rusty Quill production team, have all said that they're going to be there. I am so excited about meeting as many of my UK fans as possible, in addition to meeting some of my gaming heroes in London. So if you are free on May 21st, be at the Waterloo location of Drots. It's going to be amazing. This week on the One Shot Secret Archive, we've got notes from Victoria about recording the watch, as well as a preview of the Asians Represent Masks actual play, New Shambhala. And on Wednesday, we're going to be putting up two hours of Skyjack's audio. What would have been episodes 15 and 16 if we didn't have to re-record. So if you're not already, right now is a great time to be enrolled as a Patreon subscriber at $5 a month or more. Because that gets you access to all of that good stuff and everything that's already in the Secret Archive. But with all of that out of the way, I'll see you in the mid-roll, heroes. The shadow is waiting, telling you lies, tearing you down, seeking demise. The shadow is touching you, sticking to your bones, edging on your mind, casting its stones. The shadow calling you, tempting your heart. It hardens your bones, yet tears you apart. The shadow is hungry. Tendrils of smoke reach out, tempting you with power, beguiling you with doubt. The shadow will have you. It speaks to your soul. Give in to your anger, and into the darkness you'll go. I'm going to need you to roll Suffer Great Harm. Okay, fun. How do I do that? Uh, so when you suffer great harm, uh, either by taking a hit that should kill you or by reaching critical harm, this is the hit that should kill you. Okay. You're going to roll. Uh, it looks like you just roll dice. There's nothing that you add to this. Okay. That's a six. That's a six. Oh, that's a miss. On a miss, choose all three of the above or have your character go out in a place of glory. The things, uh, so the thing, you're either choosing to die in a valorous way or uh, strike out and advance from your character sheet. So if already taken, so you, yeah. This is uh, striking out. You will not have the option of advancing in this way ever, that means. Lower one of your stats by one permanently, and this injury is going to leave you maimed. Hold up. I have a question. Yes. 
I have a move called Mama Bear, where when someone important to me feels threatened or is in danger, I can roll with valor, and on a hit, I show up there with or without explanation. (laughs) 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 On a 10+, plus, I take plus one ongoing for the scene, and on a miss, the MC will tell me when I show up, and I'm not going to like it. Uh, great. Great. Uh, please roll this. This rules. Oh <laughs> this rules. Yes. Okay. I rolled a 10. Oh, wow. yes. You are going to be able to prevent this hit for sure. Um, so what happens? Uh, this starts really well. You are releasing emotion from this moment as your clan teaches you to do and the way that you fight like you are leaning into your training so when you strike olu and melek down you feel nothing but once those two have been carved away it's the first time that epi enters the fight and you've sparred against epi many times uh and that's part of where your confidence came from in this Epi is not a fighter and never has been. But the thing that stands in front of you is a warrior through and through. More than that, they're a predator, a beast. Something that moves like a human being but strikes with the force of an animal. And you are not prepared for the heaviness behind that sword as it hits yours. You stumble. Uh, You try to come back but each time your blades clash together, you worry about the safety of your own blade. You've seen it before. It happens in overzealous matches where perhaps opponents are too drunk or uh, high on some sort of substance as they enter the match. They'll swing with too much ferocity and their blades will shatter against one another. Uh, if no one gets hit by shrapnel, it's all in good fun. But there's nothing fun about this moment. All of that force is coming from Epi, and you're seeing him in a way that you've never seen him before. Which is why you don't expect Lati's blade when it finds you. That nick slows you down more than you'd like to admit, and you were already struggling so much. That was before Epi spoke. You hear your brother's voice mocking for your weakness, and not mocking you for your physical weakness either, mocking you because it knows you could never hurt it. You've always been weak, which is why they didn't want to let you in the warrior's ranks in the first place. They were just looking out for your safety, and look at what you've done. You've brought yourself here, where you're going to bleed out on the ground in shame not even useful to the shadow in the end. Uh, and that's when Rezzy comes in and wrecks house. <laughs> what do you do, Rezzy? So I think from where I am, I can I can see from the corner of my eye that Trega's in trouble, but I almost get like the sense mm-hmm. that she's in trouble. I just... You know, we've been together for so long, fighting together for so long. I just get that tingle between my shoulder blades. And when I look, I just know I have to be there. So I come 
barreling, sprinting over, shield up, sword up. I don't, I'm not doing a cry, but I'm just running headfirst like a cannonball coming in. And I trying to think whether I want to focus on Epi or is it Loti is the other guy's name? Uh, Laddie. Laddie. Uh, I will say Epi is about to strike a blow that would do all of those things from the suffer great harm. Gotcha. It would permanently prevent Traga from progressing in a certain way. Gotcha. It would affect a stat and maim her. Okay. When I run in with full my full sword force and the force of all this energy that I've accumulated on this sprint towards you, I cut off Epi's sword arm. Yeah. Um, like... Bef- it's about to swing down and sh- uh, oh. we see Rezzy's sword uh, like swing through and she lets out this cry, this low cry like a bear that uh, pierces the air and like you can feel that power and that is your friend. It's been this that, that, that brings you some peace some happiness. You grab your sword more firmly. It's disrupted slightly, though, as Epi, like the force of that blow, made Epi drop to his knees. The thing looks to you, makes eye contact, and smiles. You couldn't even do this. I need you to roll to resist the shadow. So that is going to be on Valor. Can I include my camaraderie in this? By, you know, like having my presence inspire you and just say, if it was anybody else, I know you could have done it, Traga. I understand. I love it. I love it. Uh, So mark that. We're going to remember that there's a plus one. Uh, Actually, let's cut back to the eulogy. Uh, We go back to the fire. So I'll ask you a similar question to what I asked Traga. Do you blame yourself in any small way for what happened to Tordek? Absolutely. I think I'm just, I'm so protective of everybody that I fight with, of everybody at my side, that if somebody goes down, even if they're really, I, there's that logical part of me that knows there's nothing that I could have done. It's overpowered by the illogical part of me that asks myself still what more I could have done to help. I think you've been focusing on something you said. The sentence keeps repeating itself in your head. What did you say that part of you believes made Tordek check that trap? I told Tordek that I need them to do it. I need them to do it because it's more important to focus on the health of the group rather than the health of the individual. Yeah. It was a situation where I think you and Trega silently at first had been concerned about some of these traps because they were described to you and you go, this is a very mechanical thing. There's a lot that can go wrong. Animals could have sprung these. We, we, we have to look over some of these to make sure that they can be useful. And I think Tordic repeatedly was like, they're fine. They're definitely going to operate. It, it's not a concern. It's not the sort of thing an animal would likely accidentally trigger. And it got to the point where Tordic, 
in order to emphasize the health of the group, was like, we'll show you. And that unfortunately had some consequences. Uh, so you are at the fire. Please roll uh, for your eulogy. Uh, you're going to be adding one to this because I believe you had one camaraderie. Three. Three. This isn't a good eulogy. <laughs> no. And no one is going to benefit from it. The thing about Rezzy is that she's a little bit quiet by nature, and I think it's because of the way that she grew up. She grew up in such a male-dominated society, such a society dominated by the patriarchy, where she was constantly brought down by the the people around her, men and women. Yeah. Because the men didn't want her to become a warrior, and the women thought that she was... They didn't think that she was suitable to be a warrior either. Yeah. And, you know, she's she is a trans woman. She was misgendered her whole life. And as a result, she often is very quiet, and she's not good with words because she just doesn't speak often. So when she goes up there to deliver her eulogy, she simply doesn't know what to say. She just looks out on the crowd of around the fire and she pauses and just says they they were a good person this shouldn't have happened I could I think Traga puts a hand on your shoulder that's all it takes sometimes to honor someone maybe you don't feel that you're going to take a point of jaded and also take a point of wary. So we cut out of this. I think that means that when you lend aid to Trega, you do expend the point. I think if the eulogy went super well, I was going to have it be so that you, you still keep the camaraderie, but the camaraderie is spent, so some time is going to need to be spent repairing that relationship afterwards and working on it, uh, but you do add one point to this role. That brings it from an eight to a nine. A nine. Oh, so close. Um, how many points of camaraderie did you have? One. Just one? Okay. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, we only put down the one. I feel like. Yeah. Arguably. Like, there were a lot of other places I could have filled. Yeah, let's. Because we've been together for so long. I agree. Because um, you had, like, the same clan one. and yeah, like fought on the front line. And that there were, there were a bunch. So together. we'll say that there were two, because there okay. probably should have been more than one. And you will mark off both. Uh, so you got ten on this. So you don't have to say or do something that you regret. Um, but the shadow wants you to kill him. That's okay. what it was asking for. Um, you have a firm grip on your sword. Uh, Laddie is still moving. And Tekka, or not Tekka, Rezi abandoned her fight to come save you. Did they set off the trap at all? The trap has not been set off. Uh, which uh, I think I would like you to roll a rely on your training. Okay. And we're going to try and mitigate some of the damage from that. Okay, that's good. Nailed that it. is 11. You 
like have this situation in front of you heavily emotional but like eyes on the prize you've got to rely on your training your training tells you to set off that trap i think uh that because resi had to move out of the way you're not getting as many people as you wanted to um i think six of them fall to the trap instead of the full 10 so with there are these two though one of them is maimed and uh the other four uh, please tell me what this glorious bomb-like thing looks like, please. Um, so I think it starts off as like the Earth seems to like crumple into itself a little bit, sort of like a, a sinkhole, sand sort of filling in, like grasses sort of pulling away in clumps and down, and then just this gigantic explosion. All of that Earth and dirt um, goes flying up in like a geyser. Uh, of of soil and rock um, with like flame mixed in amongst it um, and, but then it, it collapses back down on the people who were who were caught and like fell into the sinkhole um, so the people who uh, who managed to be on the sides maybe like got burned scalded hit by some rocks maybe but they didn't fall in but the people who got really screwed up by it are actually like fell into this sinkhole that it created and then almost reburied Let's cut back over to Loette. Loette, you just, uh, like, you were on the verge of, like, giving into the shadow pretty bad and killing this person. This person is asking you to kill them. And the shadow that crept into you is, like, egging you on to do it. But you, we had the memory of your eulogy. And I think that worked out pretty darn well for you. Uh... So you are going to be able to resist the urges that the shadow is trying to get you with. What do you do instead? I'm going to let go of her, kick her in the middle of the back, but like also grab her hair, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is fabulous and strong. And I'm going to wrench her down to the ground and just start walking and dragging away from the situation so that she can't see what's happening in the tent. Nice. Oh, I love it. (laughs) And again, it's one of those things where her body feels so light, but holding her hair is cutting your hand because it's like wire thin gold. Um, So I need you to mark a harm for me. Uh, But you managed to drag her away from this situation. Uh, Well, I think we left, uh, Rysok, uh, is currently being wrapped up and pulled in towards this horrible cross thing. So, does that take away that spell from... Nope, it's still something that is an ongoing concern. How do you deal with it? By struggling frantically? Well, I don't think that's (laughs) a a move. move. Uh, so, there is rely on your training. Oh, what training? (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? I'm going to have to rely on my training in this situation. I love this. I think we cut to your eulogy because okay. I think when you ask the question, what training, I have the answer for you. It is most certainly Tordex training oh, that has done this for you. Look at that. Uh, so yeah, Tordex like was your corporal before this group even got put together. Okay. Um, like this is a special strike team uh, but one of the reasons that you were going out with Tordek is Tordek is like no we like even though Rysok is like relatively new to all this we need them Uh, 
So please, please send them and I will look after them. Uh, so I think uh, the question that I have for you is not really about guilt or blame or, or anything like that. I, I want to know what did Tordic teach you about traps? Everything I know. Not well, I shouldn't say everything I know. I've been a hunter and a gatherer my entire life, but Tordak, they taught me the advanced tactics about all these traps that have been placed on the battlefield. We have had four month four months of technology to be able to defend ourselves against the shadow. And this individual has had the knowledge of the Molthas clan. Mm-hmm which um, definitely contributed to a lot of the uh, technology that we have for these traps. So they were able to share and impart so much knowledge that I have hence been able to use in my scouting and recon missions to keep myself safe. I love, I, I love this. And I think in these lectures, you learned something incredibly simple. Uh, and it's the snare trap. Like it was the root of a lot of different traps and the thing Tordek taught you. See, the thing uh, that uh, separates us from the animals, uh, the thing an animal doesn't know is that if it's caught in a snare, the more that it struggles, the deeper it gets, the tighter it gets, it'll never escape. So if you're caught in a snare, what will you do? Oh, I'll relax, right? I'll stop moving. Stop moving? Yes. And think and figure out how to unwind it. Okay, right. Stop moving and think. Stop moving and think. Okay. Here you are at the fire with a drink in your hand. You're having trouble beginning. You know you want to honor this person in some way, but the words aren't coming to you quickly. And then you hear in your head, stop moving and think. Please roll for your eulogy. I've also got a move. I have a really quick question about moves. Um, yes. I know in a lot of the Powered by the Apocalypse games, often when you use a move, it counts towards an experience. Is that not something that qualifies? So that is highlighted moves in uh, this. Okay. Um, uh, so you should be marking experience uh, for the two scoutings that you did, for okay. sure. Um, I don't think anything else is highlighted, though, uh, I'll be honest, I read these rules before the last convention that I went to, so I might be missing some parts of it. I do think people are going to be getting advances this session, though, based on the rate of experience. Okay. Uh, but we'll see. I think you had a bond of two with this person, so you're going to be adding that to your Perfect. eulogy roll. Um, ten. So this is going to count for everyone. Yes, um, as well, because I have, when you deliver a eulogy, I get kind of a couple of bonuses. And on a 10 plus, anyone converting uh, camaraderie into experience or jaded gains two per camaraderie instead of one for each. So I believe that like the results that we're all getting from this, I get oh, to buff it. boy. <laughs> wow. So that is a lot. So that's going to be four points coming people's ways. What do you say in your eulogy? I mean, obviously beautiful things. <laughs> <laughs> Tordek, they were, they were so much to me. They taught me how to survive. They taught me how to exist in this scary world that has become our everyday life. It's, and I'm gonna like 
you know, my voice is going to crack a little yeah. bit. Like, this is definitely an emotional moment. I have to believe that they've gone to a better place. I have to believe that the gods have embraced them in their arms and they will be kept safe for the rest of their life. Yeah. Uh, that is something that people around this fire needed to hear. I think uh, this group has been through so much. And normally, when you bring up the gods, when you bring up people being looked after and cared for by forces that could have allowed the shadow into the world, it hurts people most of the time. But in this moment, thinking of gentleness, thinking of peace, thinking of being embraced by the arms of ancestors, that's something that people need to keep going. So you heard it. Y'all got four points <laughs> uh, to put into experience or jaded. Um, that's going to, yeah, advance. Yeah. So you can tell me, hun, uh, if you want to put any points into jaded, because it will trigger for both of them. Uh, the one question I have mm -hmm. is, should I have marked experience for that scouting I did when we were at the camp? Yeah, probably. Okay, then I did do that right. Um, so, I mean, that's a full experience track, and then three more wherever else. So, yeah, um, w with your full experience track, you will erase everything that you've marked down in experience, and you will mark in advance. So, taking a look at that list, you will give yourself one of the benefits from that list. Uh, if anybody else uh, experiences in advance, it's the yeah. same way. Once okay. you filled it up, you erase it and you mark in advance. Okay. I'm now um, a, a zero at training, so you know, I, I learned. Yeah, that rules! <laughs> what kind of uh, highlighted moves would I have? You take point. All of your take points. Oh. Each successful take point. So that was three, three times I think yeah. I did that. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I have a question. Would I also get a point of experience for the use of the, the my bear move? Or no? I don't think the bear move, but you've definitely used your uh, at least one instance of what you might call watch it. Their uh, watch their back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. I did. Okay. Um, Do we have to go through these in order? Because there's no, no. You pick the one that you want. Okay. Because there's also gain a promotion and plus one to a stat. So that would be oh like... maybe maybe there are tiers of them. So maybe like up to like get a new move, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So you are caught in this spell where you are being drawn to the cross. You are trying to resist violently, uh, and it's not making the situation better. You remember Tordek's lesson. How do you apply it? I'm going to take the deepest breath of my life. Stop moving and think. And I'm going to hold my breath and just let my body fall limp. And wait. And wait for that stupid leather bond to lessen its grip. Yeah, I think what is happening in this moment, you are tricking the shadow into thinking that you've surrendered. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's trying to reward that. Uh, it still wants to draw you closer, um, but it's not gripping you as tightly. Okay. Uh, and I think you can take advantage of this situation to escape. What does that escape look like? A frantic mad dash. My only concern is, would that not reactivate it? 
I, what I would like to do it, is cut it. But... Yeah. So then, then I think that's it. I okay. think you are you are like going with it so that you can cut it very quickly and, uh, you know, pull back. Okay. Um, and my mad dash will be me kind of Tekka. We have to grab Yelly. Um, <laughs> I can't pull them by myself. Um, I was already on it. Okay. Um, <laughs> it might be a two-person job. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I was I think, already I started. It, yeah. Okay. Um, as Made you were progress. being taken, Tekka was saying, stick to the mission, stick to the mission, stick to the mission in in their head over and over again. Um, and the mission was Yelly. Yep. So at this point, I was trying to shove my arms underneath their armpits and just dragging they are so heavy and you are physically not very strong no let's cut to your eulogy um who do you think tordek was to you was tordek a mentor was tordek close no tordek was a little scary um because everyone was scary um this this was very scary um and so there was a bit of awe Mm-hmm. with Tordek um, and there, there was respect and awe and I did look up to them because they were going to lead me hopefully through this yeah yeah um, and so I did look at to them for support um, reassurance I think there's another example. layer here too and it might be uh, that you have had some sort of intimate relationship with Loet. Mm-hmm. I doesn't matter whether that was physical or not, but I think you feel close to Loet and you get the sense that there is a similar intimacy that was shared between Loet and Tordek, mm-hmm. which makes you self-conscious. Oh yeah, definitely. So, yeah. I feel like that might be the root of your anxieties and a lot of what was playing into the relationship that you had with this person was the ways in which they made you feel inadequate. And they weren't trying to do it. Mm-mm. It was all in my head. Yeah, like, they're there, they're being competent, they're well-trained, they're going to get us through this situation, and here I am sharing the same lover with them, and, like, that doesn't feel great. Mm-hmm. Then they died. They did die. And you've got the guilt, I think, uh, some some of it is sorting through the feelings of weakness that you had and trying to separate what's real and fake out. And I kind of feel like your culture has an actually very healthy vision of grief. So mm-hmm. there's a very good chance that you're going to be able to untangle those feelings. But please roll for your eulogy. heroes welcome to the mid-roll it's james your game master i things are gonna be okay i i swear i mean people did cry after this recording so maybe they're not gonna be super okay but they will be okay ish i had a lot of fun recording with the broadswords on this one if you haven't listened to the broadswords already pull up your podcatcher and go check them out Folks, on May 17th and 18th i am gonna be out in la for DD live 2019 To celebrate their upcoming new storyline, D&D is doing a massive streaming event, and it's going to feature so many of your favorite actual play podcasters. 
there are going to be live streams, podcasts, and a special live event that you can get tickets to. Just head to dnd.wizards.com slash dndlive2019. And when I say D&D, I mean the letter D, the letter N, and the letter D. Before we get back to our episode, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. Ross Holmes, thank you so much. Ryan DeZubia, thank you. Joe Everhard, thank you so much. Annalise Heitkamp, thank you. Jonathan Doolittle, thank you so much. Gavin Frigeau, thank you. Barton Road, thank you so much. Matthew Wingington, thank you. Josh French, thank you very much. Brian Lane, thank you. Ian Strayton, thank you so much. David Borth, thank you. Sherry Hayward, thank you very much. Ben Blanding. Thanks so much, Ben. Jacob Kilmer. Thank you so much, Jacob. Zach Warren. Thank you very much. The Musafirs Podcast. Thank you so much. Harry Beck. Thank you. Zachary Smith. Thank you very much. Jordan Aaron Nickens. Thank you so much. The Stapler. Thank you. Jira Silva. Thank you so much. Christopher Tang. Thank you very much. Peter Campbell. Thank you. Signe Reinerston. Thank you. And Mick Shoten, thank you so much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. You make everything that we do here at the network possible. Remember, if you support us at the $5 level or more, you get access to all sorts of cool stuff in our secret archive. And if you back us at the $15 or more level, you get free role-playing games every month. As a reminder, the game for this month is Runaway Hirelings, a game that we've actually featured on One Shot before. There's only a little bit more time left in the month, so if you want to get access to that game and you want to hear this audio, be sure to sign up for our Patreon as soon as possible. Also, for the backer thank yous, I want to remind everybody that if I have mispronounced your name, or if you happen to be one of our trans listeners and you have a new name that you would like me to say on air, uh, be sure to send us a message so I can make that change. With all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. That's pretty good. Uh, this is only going to count for you and not the whole group. Tardic spirit, it's bright. It's strong. It's still there. And we see you looking across the fire. And of course, we see you with the eyes that you see the world of spirits. So there's that negative effect, that the black and white. Um, and we can see like the magical, almost alien looking place that the world is when you can see the spirits within it. But sitting at this fire with you, smiling and crying along with you, is Tordek. I smile at Tordek. They're still here. They're still here to guide us. We're never alone. They're not lost. We are not lost. And that last line was directed at Tordek. Yeah. And I think it was directed at Tordek, not across the fire, because as you were speaking, Tordek moved behind you. Because Tordek knows that like, you are addressing a group here, but according to your role, this is mostly for yourself. And you feel that spiritual hand on your shoulder providing that comfort and guidance 
and releasing those feelings of inadequacy. It's a physical touch and a spiritual touch. It's the most healing thing that can happen. And you have a point to mark on either uh, your experience or your jaded, whichever you deem most appropriate. Experience. I would have done that as well. Okay, so now you are struggling to move uh, this heavy person. Uh, I, I also think, just because I like that eulogy, I want to give you a plus one forward on relying on your training. Okay. So it's six. Six. Okay. Is there any advantage because I'm helping them now? I think... Yeah, now that you like you've cut yourself free, mm -hmm. you can ask for help. Um, that is a where what is the actual name of the need a hand. Mm -hmm. um, you can say that you need a hand with this. Uh, Rizuk. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we've got this, and I'm going to rush over. I'll help you. Do I have to roll to? Uh, no, you do spend one camaraderie. Okay. Uh, that will increase the roll by one, and you are able to move the unconscious form of Yelly out of this tent. We're back over to Loette, though. <laughs> Loette, you have pulled this sorceress away from the situation, but they're still going to be around and capable of God knows what magic. Mm -hmm. You resisted the urge to strike them down in toxic anger. But you do still need to deal with this. Yeah, How are I you know. going to do it? I suppose it's not as simple as tying her to a tree and walking away. It could be. <laughs> cool. It, it, it could very well be. You, But you uh, don't know. You did see a magic spell. So yeah. like, that, could, that could be a thing that doesn't work. Could be. It will depend entirely on your role anyway. So I've, I have an idea. Loette is going to sort of play the game and that as she drags this thing into the trees into a particularly thicker area as she was walking through the camp i think she scooped up a rope of some sort just because she's so lightweight just lifts her up swings the rope around and says all right you kinky bitch <laughs> and just starts tying her to the tree <laughs> just be like how do you like a bit of bdsm eh and just like ties her onto it i mean she turns to you looks you in the eyes for a second and like you can feel there's a moment where this alien intelligence is trying to appraise you have your way with uh, Don't you want to touch something this beautiful? Don't you want me to make you feel good? Haven't you earned it? So I don't know if you need to resist Shadow. Only you can tell me that in this moment. If if like this is affecting Loette at all. Uh, you, you're like, I'm going to play along with this. And it was like, oh yeah, we're playing now. I It's all play to her right now. Um being her playbook has on the prowl in mm -hmm, it okay mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh she she knows how to play and 
she knows a lot about intimacy and she even knows a lot about faking it. So yeah, then the shadow, the shadow is trying to get you on an area where you feel no inadequacy, mm -hmm. where, where you, there is no toxicity here. Yep. Uh, this is the realm of love and intimacy and there you are more comfortable than almost anywhere else. Mm -hmm. You bind her and I think the thing that we learn about sorceresses is the shadow wants them bound and it is not going to take pains to free them from this binding or give them the power to free themselves from binding uh so you tie up the sorceress i make very much sure to like wrap the rope in between her fingers mm -hmm. and like Some completely immobilize yeah yeah, yeah. No, um, I, I think it is a beautiful tie uh that you do <laughs> it is like one of those things that would be artfully photographed uh for, for some image collection and i think through the whole experience uh the sorceress tries to tempt you tries to call you to it uh and Perhaps uh, other people who, who, were, who were less experienced, less focused, who hadn't gone through the experiences that you just went through might have succumbed, mm. but you don't. And for all the power sorceresses are given by the shadow, they are never given the power to free themselves. And that works out for your group so well in yeah. this situation. Uh, I think as Loet finishes the ties and make sure everything is secure. She walks around in front of the sorceress again, grabs her by the chin and says, you'd like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> and then walks away. <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting. I don't know if you need to roll to resist the shadow here because I'm trying to decide if that's toxic or if that that's you just telling off the patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's me fine. having fun. Yeah, yeah. That is that is cathartic for you, um, and in no way toxic. So you walk away. You see your friends struggling with the weight of Yelly, um, and you also know that uh, you're on a tight timeline with Trega and Rezi. They were fighting 14 monsters. And there are yep. just two of them. What do you do? I think I would like to put the three of them in a secure location and then run back. I think it's not even put them in a secure location. I think you have to trust that Tekka and Rysok can handle this so that you can go okay. in. Then I think join. I give them the map, mark a spot, and say, go here, look for this, you'll be safe. Understood. Uh, you have the thought, what if you don't make it back? What do you tell them to do? How long do you tell them to wait? Rest, get your strength back and don't wait for anyone. So you have the time for them to reach that area and rest in order to go to Rezi and go to Trega and get out. That, that makes sense to me. Let's, I would like Rezi and Trega to roll as we cut back over to them. Prevent bloodshed. Okay. At this point, you're just trying to protect each other. Can I, um... 
I did want I had one thought about oh. from where we cut off yes. last time. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I had rolled to resist shadow and rolled well enough to know what the shadow wanted, and it wanted me to kill my brother. Yeah. Um, and so my thought was like he had me on the ground. Resi had cut off his arm and he had fallen to his knees. So we're like face to face here. I was hoping that I could pull my sword as if I was going to cut his throat and play, um, try and play into the shadow's hands yeah. there, grab him by the hair, and then instead try and bash him on the head with the pommel to knock him out oh, and kiss him on the forehead. Yes, yes, yes. As you do what looks like a violent action towards your brother, you, your warrior's instinct lets you know, although Laddie has the opportunity to attack you, they're not. So you know that all of the shadow touched have the same agenda. Mm -hmm. That is something deeply important that you've learned in this moment. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I now definitely need both of you to roll prevent bloodshed. Okay. That's plus training, right? Uh, yes, that is plus training. Nine. Seven. Okay. That's not bad at all. Okay. So in preventing bloodshed, you are, I think, I think we're just going against two harm here. I think you each take a harm okay. in this situation. So we choose where we put that or it's just under hurting? It's, yeah, it, it, it follows along a track. Okay. Um, because you missed, you're supposed to choose two on this list. And the only thing that really... Did we miss? I mean, you, it's a partial success. Right. You didn't yeah, miss. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, on a miss, I think it gets even worse. Oh, it's so weird. On seven to nine, you're supposed to choose two. So I think uh, y'all are taking two harm in this okay. moment. Does that... That puts me at critical. Okay. So at critical... Okay, yeah, but so you've reached critical harm. You need to roll a suffer great harm. Oh no! Can I do anything for her? Um, so this is a slightly different situation. Resi triggered the mama bear yeah, move she's got because the skill. a single thing was going to happen that was going to have you suffer great harm. That was like skipping the harm track this entirely. Is this is accumulated stuff. That said, you are going to be able to use your bond if you have any camaraderie left you're going to be able to mark it off so to add a when one to this. when when resi helped me mm -hmm. she used her two camaraderie you should have yours two camaraderie but i still have mine unless yes. you've used it earlier no we haven't used it earlier perfect okay so then uh i think to for this situation i don't know how many camaraderie you're supposed to be able to apply uh let's just keep See it to one is? for in this okay. situation and do i add any other modifiers to the role Oh, yeah, that's right. She's going to need to ask for your help. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the modifier that you're adding to the roll and suffer great harm. No, this is just a straight roll. Okay. Well, let's see what I roll. Yeah, let's see what we roll first. I rolled six. Okay. So this this is a situation where you definitely need two. So this is a need a hand. Uh, oh, yeah, no. So you can spend more than one camaraderie on this. So all we need is for Rezzy to ask for help. The question is, do you think Rezzy is capable of that in this moment? I don't think that Rezzy wants to ask for help. You've saved my life so many times. Yeah. But that's, Let me that's repay exactly the it. That's Rezzy's thing. Ugh. That's exactly it, is that 
Rezzy is the protector. And she doesn't think of protecting herself. The whole reason that she's in this mess is because she dropped everything to save Traga's life. So, here's the thing. If you select no help whatsoever, it will be a miss and you will suffer all three effects or you will go out in a blaze of glory. What are the effects? The effects are strike out and advance from your character sheet. Um, that can be taking back an advance that you've unlocked this session or permanently preventing yourself from being able to take a certain advance. Okay. Lower one of your stats by one permanently uh, and an injury leaves you maimed. Okay, yeah, I'm just going to take all three. I'm not quite ready to die yet. I love it. And so is this happening oh, like, where it. I can't see it? And if she would have just called out, you I don't, could have spun around. Exactly. But you I don't, don't know her. that she's in trouble. She's fight Because you're it, fighting Rezzy. two people right now. She's fighting four. And that's Rezzy. Rezzy is not asking for help because it would put you at risk. Oh, it's sweet and caring and toxic at the same time. Uh, so you're fighting four people. And I think... You're not going to defeat them in this fight. You're, you're like, you're going to live, though. And that's so important. <laughs> uh, what happens? In what way are you maimed? So I think that I become surrounded. Yeah. And because I'm surrounded, I can't... I can fight the three in front of me, but I don't feel the one behind. Yeah. And in a mirror of what happened to Epi, I lose an arm. You've got a shield and a sword. Which arm do you lose? I'm going to say my sword arm. That feels so appropriate to your character. I'm so glad yeah. you chose that. <laughs> so I guess my I'll, I'll say that my right arm was my sword arm. So I lose my right arm. A hot flash of pain. Actually... I'm going to give you one more opportunity because running up is low at. And I know the odds, if you're not going to ask Traeger for help, the odds of you asking Loet for help are even lower. Yeah. But. Especially because it's Loet of all people. You are in a desperate battle. Uh, you are adequately fending off three attackers at once. You know they're, it's actually, you don't have a good count of how many attackers are, which is why this is a risk to you. This is a desperate fight. You can see across the way that your friend is still surrounded. It looks like someone is standing over them. Then you like focus back on your attackers and you can see across the field, gleaming, shining armor. <laughs> Do you call out? Nope. Great. So then you suffer all three effects. Um, mark off in advance. One of them permanently will not be available to you. You will lose this arm, and one of your stats is lowered permanently by one. And also, when I see Loette in just a very low voice, I just say, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> Loette? Yep. Please rely on your training. Oh. As you dash into battle. I, I actually don't want to, like, run in swords blazing. That is what the situation 
calls for? Unless you have a so I had a, idea. I had an idea. Ooh. You can say no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please. My idea was I know this section of woods. I knew about the bomb, so I would know about every trap surrounding them right now. Okay. I, I want to, as I'm running forward, run past a tree, cut a rope that someone might not have seen, duck because a giant log of wood swings down and directly forward and careens and hits however many people of your choosing and knocks them out into the ravine. Uh, okay, I really, really, really like this. I'm trying to think if there's... And yep. now it's a hazard that you can play with because now there's just a giant log of wood swinging through yeah, the forest. Yeah, no, uh, roll, roll rely on your training and add one. Good thing I just leveled up and it's not minus one anymore. Yeah. What are, you said rely on my training and what? You're adding one. Ooh, hot damn. Eight. Eight. Uh, cool. In this circumstance, uh, okay. I tell you what it's going to cost you or how it's imperfect or compromised. Uh, so I think uh, this log is definitely going to hit the three folks who are in front of Rezzy. The problem is Rezzy will also need to roll out of the way. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I tried so hard. <laughs> you did try. So um, what I, do I, I need to roll? You don't need to roll anything. Uh, what is going to happen is this is going to add weary to you. <laughs> You're just It just makes you fucking tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty appropriate. And I haven't filled my weary drug yet, so... So yeah, you see what's happening, boom, you roll out of the way just as this huge frigging log knocks three of these monsters into the ravine, uh, and you're just left with the one behind you, the one that took your arm from you, Drono. Uh, let's cut over to Trega. Trega, you've knocked out your brother. Um, that There's that kiss that uh, on the head that you gave him. You feel the shadow recede. Its hold on your bones like melts back from you as you hear the loud shout from Lati as they try and kill you. I need you to rely on your training. Alrighty. Um, yeah, that is uh, 12. Oh, yeah. It's swift. Uh, it's beautiful. What, what what does it look like as you strike down I Laddie? I, I can hear, I can just see Laddie out of the corner of my eye and I just like roll out of the way and come up um, kind of behind them towards their side and mm -hmm. I just like sweep their legs out from under them and like drive my blade down. Yeah. It's beautiful, instinctual, like, like something uh, practiced yeah. hundreds of times, thousands of times even. Uh, automatic and as I as I so with that um, Epi is unconscious Laddie is down I would like to drop my spear and pick up the twin of my sword yes and then I think that's the point where I see what's happened to Rezzy and I think there's just flashes in your head of a montage of the beautiful warrior that Rezzy is that maybe some dark part of you thinks to correct that Rezzy was. Yeah, and I think I'm thinking about all of the times that she has stepped in and saved my hide 
And if she would just let go of her goddamn pride and let me be there for her, but she wasn't. And I think I'm, I'm just charging in that direction. Please choose for me whether this sight causes you to take a weary or a jaded. I think it makes me very tired. That's a weary. Okay. Yeah. Now you I don't think my heart is jaded. I think it's breaking. Now you face Drono. And I think Rezzy is strong, but also in total shock. Yeah, uh, losing blood. And just like trying to scramble out of the way with their shield arm. Uh, I think uh, Loette is ready for the fight, um, having like cut the branch, but too far away. And Drono is advancing. No, Drono on... is mine. Yeah. Drono Dr- just did this to Rezzy. Drono is mine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Drono is advancing on Rezzy. Please. What it? What do you do? <laughs> um, I dual swords blazing. I am protecting my friend. All right, roll. Rely on your training. Can I recommend a really cool entrance? Sure. Uh, as that log yes! swings back, you just kind of do like a dive roll through the ropes, and then yeah. you're coming at him with like both of them in the air, and you're like, "Fuck this yeah, guy!" Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, okay, that's uh, that's twelve. Excellent. It is a very quick battle. Um, I don't think there's anything glorious about it. Obviously, the stories that Rezzy tells of this fight afterwards are full of flourishes and brave moves, but it's just automatic. It's so quick. It's over before most people even see what happens. And sadly, and I think one of the reasons that it's filled so many flourishes is you knew Drono. As a warrior, they deserved better than what happened. But with your two swords flashing quicker than the lumbering movements of the shadow-touched creature that, that became the former friend, it's over. Drono hits the ground, and you're left to pick up. It's hard moving. I think afterwards. And there are words that probably should have been said that weren't. There are parts of you that are just grateful to be alive. You can't even revel in the fact that somehow against all of these odds, you managed to live. But I think you rendezvous with your companions and you're left to lick your wounds and recover and faced with a long route home, knowing that there is too much enemy territory that separates you from safety to truly feel comfortable. But you gather at this place. Uh, I just want to know, there's probably emotion that plays across everyone's faces as Rezzy limps in, shuddering. No one's really a medic, right? No. Mm -mm. I think Loette would try to like bind yeah. the shoulder but that's about all she knows i mean to do. i think with our battle experience we have some very rudimentary field medic experience of like maybe we try to cauterize really it yeah. heat up the sword oh and... fuck yeah yeah that's probably what we do. <laughs> that's kind of like a, that's like a brutal overwrought sort of image so what i think i would like to go out on um <laughs> i think i would like to go out on the fact that we know, like Rezzy comes in, 
They're shuddering, they're cold, uh, they're in deep shock. Everyone drops what they were doing at the camp. Uh, the two of you that were lending your strength to Rezi so that they could make the journey gently lower her to the ground, and the four of you are gathered around Rezi as she looks up and she looks to all of your faces. And in that moment, she knows, and we know as the audience, that she's with people who are going to care for her. And that's the game, folks. <laughs> Thank you so much for playing with me. This was a delight. Thanks, Thanks for having us. That was fantastic. <laughs> well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week. But don't worry. We'll be back next week with One Child's Heart. In the meantime, if you're looking for other great gaming shows, you should check out one of the other programs on the network, like Arms of the Tide. Arms of the Tide is an actual play about fighting for what's right in an original magitechnological world on the brink of catastrophe, using the mutants in the night system. Join Quinn, Joe, Chanel, and John, and revel in the laughs and gasp at the drama. The only thing standing against the apocalypse are a robot with a fondness for stray cats, a wolf made of living plants who has a bad case of depression, and a private eye who is so done with all of this. Find Arms of the Tide wherever you get your podcasts. As always, we end one shot with a call to action, and this week I want to encourage our listeners to support the Voting Rights Advancement Act of 2019. Folks, the Supreme Court recently struck down part of the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which allowed for federal oversight of potentially discriminatory state voting law changes. Given our country's history with discrimination, this is an incredibly short-sighted idea. Thankfully, there's already some legislation in motion to fix this. And that is, of course, the Voting Rights Advancement Act of 2019. 2019. But in order to get these federal protections in place, we need support for them. That's where you come in. You can support this act by calling your representatives and letting them know that you support it. This isn't a big, flashy issue, but it is incredibly important to how our country operates. And the only way it's going to get through is with active and vocal support. Now, when I call my representatives, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There, you can find summaries for issues like this one, along with contact information for your representatives, and a script to read while you're on the phone to make sure you get your message across. Calling is quick, easy, and it can make a huge difference. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.